Welcome to the Rising Kings podcast, where we enable you to raise your standards, elevate your performance, and live to your highest order in business and in life. If you haven't already, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any feature content. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Rising Kings podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and of course, with me, we've got Ben Salkeld, the founder and director of Rising Kings. Ben, how are you feeling today? Fired up, brother. It's been six days in the hole. I'm out of the hole. Let's go. All right. So today's topic is I want to talk about how we can build a stronger sense of self-worth as a father and as a husband. Now, the reason why I kind of wanted to talk about this was for me, a man's self-worth really refers to, you know, the values and the beliefs, you know, this guy holds about himself and his abilities, right? And for me, it's all really a foundation of his self-esteem and his confidence in himself. And really, it affects everything, you know, in his life, relationships, career, and overall happiness. A strong sense of self-worth means a man feels confident. He feels like he's capable, while having a weak sense of self-worth leads to feelings of insecurity, self-doubt, anxiety, fear of failure. You know, the list goes on, right? So. For you, how can a man determine his self-worth? That's a great question because like I said at the start, you know, I've been in the hole for the past five days and I just elaborate real quick as it ties into this. You know, I had my arm surgery a week ago and everything you just mentioned then for those five days, like going through just this turmoil of pain, frustration, etc. like I felt my self-worth drop. Like you're lying in bed, you can't do anything. You got one arm, you know, like getting dressed is extremely challenging. You know, the meds and all that sort of stuff as well. And you're trying to get off it and you start self-doubting yourself. You're questioning yourself, you're questioning life and everything else that comes with it. All of a sudden, I'm like checking myself over those five days thinking, who the fuck am I? Like, who's this guy I've become? All because of a surgery. Now, I get it, like there's a lot of neurochemistry at play and all these sorts of things. You know, I'm down on myself. And when I'm down on myself, I'm not showing up as a great father. I'm not showing up as a great husband. I'm not showing up as a great leader. And I felt myself in this, you know, swivel of pity, so to speak, for four to five days. And it's taken me the last 24 hours to fucking get out of it because I've been, you know, leaning in on the work, you know, the journaling, the meditation you know, really getting in on those and really coming into the journaling. But what I noticed, I was like, man, what's the go here? Like when I had my testicular cancer surgery six months ago, I didn't feel this way. This is new. Like this is a different feeling this time. I caught myself, like I said, in the last 24 hours and had a really hard conversation with myself, which was around exactly what we're talking about today, which is like your self-worth. It's like, well, fuck, man, who are you? Like, what's the problem here? What's with the self-pity? What's with the victim? What's with the poor me? What's with this attitude? Yeah, I get it. You're laid up. You got, you know, arms in bandages and you can't move it and it's challenging to clean your teeth and wipe your own ass and get dressed. But that doesn't mean you have to sit here and wallow in pity. It was this turning point where it was like, okay, well, what do I stand for? Man, I stand for everything I preach here. So I had to step up. So this morning, 5 a.m., man, I got out of bed, you know, the last four or five mornings. 5 a.m. the alarm goes, oh man, you know, like, oh my arm, I'm too tired today, you know, I need to rest. Da, 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 da. And so, you know, off the hook, you know, laying in bed, not doing anything, just letting this shit 
just swallowing in all this pity to be able to step out of it. And then in the past couple of hours, in the past 24 hours, as you can tell by my voice here, it's like, man, I'm back. I'm out of the hole. And it changes the way, it changes my entire way I look at the world. All of a sudden, things look back at how they were before, how I show up for my children, how I show up for my chosen one, the tone in my voice, the attitude I have to life, the way I'm able to articulate what it is I'm here to do. Nothing else has changed. Physically, I'm the same. I'm here, got my arm in a sling. I can't move it around. But mentally, I'm in a different state than what I was before. And this is a huge challenge men have to deal with. And I think, you know, the gift of this arm, man, it's put me down into a position of what it feels like when you're down in that fucking hole. So let me ask you this now, for you, you know, to sort of have this quote unquote, say, awakening or whatever, it was your surgery with the bicep, right? Now, from your experience, because, you know, Rising Kings has been around for, you know, so many years and you've worked on yourself for 10 plus years now. What do you feel is like the most common obstacle that really prevent men from building a stronger sense of self-worth? Men who get caught in in that downward piece, like what I was talking about before, are scared to step into the work because it requires work on yourself. They're scared to do it. Like the conversation we had before, there's guys who are scared to invest money in the work because of fear of what their wife might say. That's fear. There's nothing to do with the chosen one and what her reaction might be. They're scared to do the work. For the past five days, I've let myself off the hook and I've been scared to, you know, push myself and get myself out of the comfort bubble because I'm like, well, you know, my arm hurts and all this sort of stuff and there's a reason and this is blah, 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 whatever it was, it was still an excuse. And so I see this as the big challenge, man. Men are scared to step into their greatness. Why do you think guys are, or sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but why do you think guys are scared to step into their greatness? Like, why? You would think that men's goes, fuck, I want to be great. Yeah, I think a lot of guys say it. You hear them, of course I want to be my best. Yes, we do. But are you willing to go into the discomforts of what it takes to be great? Because stepping up, man, as a father, stepping up as a husband, stepping up as a leader requires you to get very, very uncomfortable. Think about it. It's comfortable to sit there, and we call it comfortable pain. I, my wife's always into me. She says I don't do enough and all this, you know, like, oh, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to win. I don't know what I should do. It's like bullshit, man. Step the fuck up as a guy. Step into that. What is she actually saying underneath? Man, you don't date me anymore. You don't take me on, you know, vacations. You don't do this for the kids. You never take the trash out. You never ask me how my day was. You never have you know, deep and meaningful conversations. You never show up on this thing. You never show up. It's like, they're all the things that are uncomfortable for a man to do. We like to hide away in the comfort of, I'm too busy for that. I'm at work all the time, or I'm at the pub with some mates. You know, same with kids, you know, when the kids challenge us and like, oh, you never do this. You never, oh, bullshit. I fucking, I put food on the table. I'm working my ass off. It's like, no, you're not. That's an excuse. The discomfort is actually getting more productive and efficient and effective at work, telling the boss or whoever it is, hey man, I'm out at 5.30 because I'm going to go and spend time with the kids. And I'm willing to take on the uncomfortable conversation that that's going to lead to with a boss or someone within the business, etc. Most of us are scared of that discomfort. Hence what leaves us stuck in this feeling of, hey man, I'm not living my best. I love the statement. It was Ronnie Coleman, right? And he talked about it when it comes to 
bodybuilding. He's like, everyone wants to be a bodybuilder. No one wants to lift heavy ass weights. Yeah. And it's the fucking truth, man. We're always looking for the easy way out of it. How do we avoid the work? Take this pill, read this book, listen to this YouTube clip. Like, we're all in search. We're all looking at all these little things that are going to make our life better, not realizing the only way you're going to get to your greatness, brother, is to dig in and start doing the actual fucking work that's required. Well, we all just want to wake up with six-pack abs and never have to do a sit-up again, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the easiest path. We just want the six-pack abs while we're sitting on the couch watching Netflix and just let that be the work. We don't really actually want to go out there and sweat and put in the effort because, well, that's too much work. And that's something that we've talked about in the past. Now, for those guys that are, you know, sort of wanting to go, okay, Ben's got me fired up, you know, like I want to be able to have a strong foundation of for self-worth. And for me, having a strong foundation really starts sort of at the core with your you know values and your beliefs and stuff like that. So for me, it's like, okay, you want to have that strong foundation, but you don't know how to go about building that. So for that guy that really wants to step up, like how do you go about building that foundation that is necessary for you to really sort of you know push yourself to greatness? Well, the first thing in there, right, is becoming, like we've talked about before, becoming a man of your word. You say you want to do something and you're going to do something, you go and fucking do it regardless of how hard it is, how uncomfortable it is. Like if you said it, man, you follow through on your word. That comes to something you said to your chosen one, something you said to your kids, something wherever it is before. And also too, what you say to yourself, oh, I'm never going to fucking drink again, or I'm going to quit alcohol for the next 90 days, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do this. That's the first thing. You say you're going to do something, you make sure you do it. The next thing that you want to look at, and a great way to sort of fast track this place is to look at, okay, who is someone that I look up to who is living out the way I desire to live? Like someone who already has the set of values, the set of behaviors, characteristics, traits, all those sorts of things that you desire to have. Because once you locate that person and you go, hey, this is a guy or this is the person who's kind of living the life that I want to live, your whole role then is to start stepping into becoming similar to that person in the way that they show up. So the thing is, you know, you start asking yourself in all the situations that you're running through in your life, what would this guy do? How would this guy behave right now? What would this guy do in this particular moment? And that's how you start step gating between the man that you are and the man that you desire to be. There's more parts to this, obviously, and that's what we teach inside Rising King's Experience, but it's all around the identity work, right? Your purpose statement, your values and your behaviors, it's getting crystal clear on what those are. And then every day you're tracking yourself as you're stepping into this higher version of yourself. The challenge is most men just don't have any clarity around the type of man that they want to be. They're just moving through in default mode. It's like, well, I'll fucking deal with that tomorrow. Yeah, I'll probably do that next week. I might do this, et cetera, et cetera. Not really stopping and saying, well, hang on, who do I want to be when it comes to my marriage? Who do I want to be when it comes to parenting my children? Who do I want to be when it comes to running business? Once you get that, then it's like, okay, well, where am I now? And then what do I need to do to start operating at that higher level, at that type of person or identity that I want to be? Let me ask you this. Can you share with you know, some of your core values and beliefs that really has helped you step your game up as a father and as a husband? So first is around communication. 
how I communicate with my chosen one. This was a big thing that I found in myself close to a decade ago. I just wasn't communicating well. When I talk about communication, it's not like, hey, I need to describe something to her. It's just actually speaking. It's starting the dialogue. It's when chosen one asks me, how was your day? It's responding to that and being able to open up. It's also too, you know, like through the challenges we have with raising children rather than like shutting off because I don't want to deal with it or shutting the whole situation down. It's being able to communicate with chosen one and say, hey, this is what I think in this moment. This is, you know, giving feedback on that level and also too receiving feedback rather than taking it as, oh, why does chosen one always criticize me? It's like, this is just feedback. So that's been a really big piece in terms of our marriage that I've worked consistently on. In terms of, you know, children, it's really around my behaviors in front of them. I'm like, if I'm saying one thing, hey, don't hit your sister, but then I'm walking around, you know, smacking my son if that's how I was raising my children. It's like, man, we got a problem here. You're telling your children not to smack anyone, but then you're smacking them. And that was a big thing, you know, like we made the commitment not to smack our children. I don't judge anyone on how they raise their kids. It's totally up to them. I just look at what works for us. Right. And so I had to look at, okay, well, where are these other things? Hey, don't swear. I'm swearing. Don't raise your voice. I'm raising my voice. You know, don't question me back. I question back. So all of a sudden I'm like, okay, where are these behaviors that I'm trying to teach my children? Because I think that's a higher, greater version of themselves to live under these types of behaviors and characteristics. I need to lead by example, not just say it. So these are the things that changed in my life. Consistency has been a big one, right? Consistency, showing up regardless. Like I talked about in the last five days, it's like consistency dropped. Like all of a sudden I used excuses not to actually you know, perform at my best, even though I'm hindered, but perform at my best with the capacity I had. I need to get back into a state of consistency again. All these little things, man, when you start adding them up over time, drive a man from, hey, low self-worth, don't know who I am, don't know what I want, you know, self-doubt, questioning myself, I don't even believe myself anymore, moving up into that higher echelon, which is like, man, if I say I'm going to fucking do it, I will do it. If I say these things are going to change, these are the things that are going to change. You know, to put in perspective, I said to myself, I don't want to drink anymore. I want to stop drinking out. I know I'm just not the best version of myself. Man, there's a million reasons why we drink alcohol. I'm just using this as a pure example. Everyone I speak to, oh man, it's not that bad for you. A glass of wine's really good for you. Like, spin it however the fuck you want. <laughs> I don't operate great, and I don't believe any of us operate at our best when there's alcohol in the system. There's so much research that shows that that is the case. So I go, I'm going dry for 90 days. As I got towards the end of the 90 days, I'm like, well, what are you doing from here? I was like, okay, I'll go for six months. As I got towards the end of six months, it's like, what are you doing? You're going to fucking introduce alcohol again or we off? I'm four years sober plus. I did the same thing when it came to pornography. I did the same thing when it came to drugs. These are the things, man, that change a man's DNA in terms of his confidence. Because if I say I'm going to fucking do it, and I think about it before I say it, if I say I'm going to do it, I fucking commit to it and I do it. Now, you know, one of the things that I mentioned on previous sort of episode was that going into this surgery, you know, you were sort of, I don't want to say on a high, but you were doing really, really well, right? And I even told you, I go, I'm surprised, right? Because I think most people in your point of view, in your situation, would have had that pity party on themselves. And it's understandable that, you know, you would be sort of out of the, you know, out of the loop for the past five days, because that's major surgery. That's a pretty big thing to, to have to go through. And 
and have to sort of walk around the next sort of few weeks, you know, being a one armed bent, right? What made you or what sort of ticked in your mind or when did you see that light or however that light sort of switched on to go, you know what? This isn't me. I know I could be better. I know I need to be able to step up because if I sit there and I do this for the next, you know, week, that next week might last a month or that month might last six months. And for me, a lot of guys that I speak with get into this quote unquote rut where it could be, you know, it could start something small. And next thing you know, they've been in this rut for five years. And now at this point, they're like, what do I do? How do I actually get out? I need help. I need guidance. Like for you, like what made it just mm, snap? I'm ready to go. The piece for me, man, that I lean in on heavily is my journaling. It's deep fucking conversations, hard confronting conversations with myself. And I've been journaling every single day since surgery. And, you know, I was journaling every day leading up to it as well. But I noticed a change in my mental state over those past couple of days since the surgery. I was just frustrated. I was really easily triggered. I was annoyed. I was like, man, this is not you. Like, what's the problem here? There was just this resistance that I hadn't felt in years. And I don't know, like I could say maybe it's the drugs they had me on and all that, you know, the anesthetics and all those sorts of things, whatever it was, it was happening. And so as I'm digging in on it, you know, I started to come up with this notion. I'm like, you know, momentum, which we talk about heavily inside Rising Kings, right? Like you want to build momentum. We're always talking about building the positive momentum. The more consistently you do the work on yourself, the more you build this momentum so that when challenges like what has hit, you know, the shit storm that hits, we can move through them using the momentum we've built up. In the opposite sense, that works as well. And that's the realization I came to. I'm like, man, if I keep just being pissed off, annoyed and frustrated and down and this is unfair and why this and, you know, shouldn't it happen this way, et cetera. I'm like, you're just building momentum in the opposite direction. And if you stay doing this for long enough, exactly like you said, bro, it's going to take a lot of effort to get out. And so through this, I just started to recognize these different patterns in myself. I'm like, and I'm pushing like when I'm talking about journaling, I'm talking like 10, 15 pages in a session. Like this morning, I journaled for nearly an hour questioning myself on it. It's like, what's the problem here? Why are you feeling this way? What are you going to do about it? <laughs> what's going to change? You're going to go back, you know, <laughs> four weeks, man, and you're going to miraculously hop in some time machine and stop yourself tearing your bicep. Like, that's not a reality. Stop playing that game. It's like, why aren't you showing up the best you can with what you have? Great. You got one arm. Awesome. This is going to open you up to new realities that you can see that you can operate in because it's going to slow you the fuck down instead of rushing around and doing things. Now you've got to get really optimized in your life. Now you've got to get really efficient with your time and effectiveness in the things that you do in your life. And I was like, yeah, this is the stuff. This is what I'm about. This is what I stand for. And that was the click, man, that got me moving into it, the going like, it's time. You've had your pity party. It's all good, man. We all need it. You had your little wallow, your four or five days, beautiful, you know, you checked out, quiet, all that sort of stuff. It's now time to get back into the state of reality that you're in before, which is the man that you desire to be. Let's start operating at that level. As simple as that, man. Like, honestly, through the journaling, it really just awakened me because I could see it firsthand. This is the difference between me sitting there and thinking about it, where you're processing hundreds of thousands of thoughts all day, every day, and nothing really comes out of it versus pen on paper because I'm reading it and I'm seeing it. I'm like, 
this is not how I choose to operate. It is time to turn this around. So to that guy that, you know, is living with anxiety, self-doubting all the time, lots of insecurities and living in fear, and really just has a very, very low sense of self-worth. He's listening to this podcast and and he really just is excited and motivated and wants to take action. What should be the first three things that this guy needs to do so that he can live out this next year, next three years or five years or nine years, hell, for the rest of his life, making sure that his sense of self-worth is at an all-time high? One, commitment. You say you want to change, but are you willing to do whatever it takes? That's commitment. If you come to the conclusion, I'll do whatever the fuck it takes. Great. Now we can start step two. Step two, man. Honestly, you need to speak with one of us. You should be speaking with someone from Rising Kings to figure out if this is the path that we can help you on. If it's not us, then you need to go and find a process that you want to use that's going to help you do it. And then three, it's sticking to it. Three being, hey, I committed to it. I said, I'll do whatever it takes. I've now committed to this action plan, whether it's with Rising Kings or someone else, and now that's the game. And I can guarantee you that is how you will shift your life from where you are today to the life that you desire to have. That's Ben Salkeld, and I'm Michael, and this has been another episode of the Rising Kings podcast. Stay strong. So that's it for this week's show. We really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Make sure that you head over to iTunes, uh, rate and review the show. This really helps us get the message out there to ensure we're doing our part in helping others raise their standards and live to their highest order. Also too, if you haven't already, you can apply to join our free Facebook group where we take this conversation deeper and further. And then finally, if you want additional resources, etc., head over to risingkings.com.au. Have an awesome week. Stay strong.